that doesn't cut it anymore. You cannot be that kind of leader. We are not in a command and control 1950s, 1960s culture. We are in a servant leadership culture. Thank God we're in that kind of culture. So yeah, you've seen it. You didn't like them either. You really want to be that kind of person? Don't, don't be, don't be. Let's do better than the generation before us. Let's do better than those people we dislike. Welcome to Management Material. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I started my career at the bottom as an assistant and worked my way up to become the boss's boss in eight years. And man, I love management. If there's anything I've learned, it's that what got you to where you are now won't get you to where you want to be. This is a podcast for top performers who also want to be amazing managers. I've coached lots of talented people into their dream jobs as managers. I challenge the way they see the world and say what they don't necessarily want to hear. You see, management is all about leadership. The best managers were leaders long before they had any direct reports. Management material is all about getting you from where you are now to that coveted seat in the corner office. Let's turn you into management material. Welcome to episode five of Management Material. This is a big episode. In this episode, we talk about what actually makes people want to follow you as a leader and and what characteristics should you have? What should you be doing to stand out as a leader people want to follow so that you become management material? Now, I've had my fair share of times I didn't want to work with somebody, times I didn't like all of the members on my team. I don't know if that resonates with you. Maybe you don't like everybody on your team. Maybe you are an individual contributor. You are creating something. You're on a product team or a marketing team, or you are on a production team or or somewhere, somewhere in sales, somewhere in an organization, and you're not totally stoked about the people on your team. You know, Diane over there is a little bit lazy and Peter could have uh, not gotten promoted as much as he did. You don't know about the competencies or the work ethic of the people on your team and you feel like they're dragging you down. You feel like maybe when you're on group projects, they're not pulling their weight and it's reflecting on you or you're frustrated with the quality of their work. You have to send it back two, three, sometimes four times and you're curious, why are they even in those roles? Why do people trust them? Why do they have that job? Well, I'll tell you what, even in situations like that, you can rise as a leader. You can treat people like a leader people want to follow, and they will turn around and be better at their jobs. Now, that's not 100% of the time. That's not even 80% of the time. But if you work on yourself and you work on your leadership skills and your communication skills, people will start to follow you and they will start to better themselves and do their jobs in a way that will make you proud to work with them and make their bosses proud that you're on their team. So let me tell you, let me tell you a story. I was working with this woman, uh, let's call her Charlie. And she was my project manager. And let me tell you, she came from advertising and was excellent. She was really good at her job. And I actually, I felt a little bit defensive about it because I thought she wanted the job that I had. She had been doing it for a while and I got that job from another company. So I came in and took over big projects that she had. 
I took over the strategy and the management of those projects while she continued along being the project manager on those projects, figuring out every single little step and how they were put together. And I didn't know the systems, the people or the products. And here I was coming in as the leader of this team or the product manager of the team, not knowing what was going on. She had to hand over creative control, uh, decision-making control to me slowly. And I'll tell you what, I felt pretty defensive about it. I was in that role and she was having a hard time giving that control to me because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the customers. I didn't know what was best for the product. So we had this little, you know, we came head to head a few times and we, we were having this struggle that a lot of people have when they're new to a role and they're taking over projects that are kind of like other people's babies, right? After a couple of months, Charlie was presenting to our SVP and the SVP really listened to her. The SVP wanted to listen to her and wanted to know exactly what was going on. This was their number one project in his team. So I I felt a little bit overshadowed in there. I felt a little bit like uh, my opinion didn't matter, even though I was supposed to be lead on the project. And she had no idea. She was just doing what she was told to do. She was doing her job. She was presenting the way that she uh, had been before. And I really didn't say very much in the meeting. So uh, my ego was hurt. Well, in the next month, she started to slip. Some of her work wasn't as good as it usually was. Uh, She was, again, she was from advertising. So she carried a really, really high workload. I've, I've loved everybody I've worked with from advertising. They are so quick and so good at what they do. Her work started to slip at this point and she was getting a little bit combative. I was already defensive. She was getting combative. We were having arguments every single day about the direction of the project, what customers would like. Uh, and I didn't have very good systems in place for, for customer feedback at this point. I was working on it, but all I could do was count on my marketing manager who at this point had transitioned from one to another. So we were, we were left kind of floating in the wind, trying to figure out what was going on with the market and what was going on with this project. But again, our personalities clashed. She was uh, learning to, to give control to me. I didn't have enough information to make all of the decisions that I, that I wanted to make. And, uh, I was feeling defensive, uh, and she was, she, she was actually having a tough time. I actually, let me just admit the horrible thing that I did. All right. I went to my boss and I raged against her. I'm not proud of this and it's not something I should have done, but I learned a lesson. I raged against her and said she should be fired. I didn't like what she was doing. I wasn't feeling like she was giving me enough creative control and she didn't trust me. Okay. For good reason. And my boss, to his credit, took a step back, saw it as a learning opportunity and let me rage for a while, sat back, kind of smirked. He was a a nice, nice guy from Boston, Massachusetts. He smirked with his accent and told me to cool down. Was I telling myself a story? Was I giving her the benefit of the doubt? Did I understand what was going on in her life? Did I understand why she had changed uh, in what she was doing? Why her work wasn't as quick as it usually was? Understand what's really going on. Did I talk to her? Have I actually talked to her about this like an adult? 
And you know what? I was embarrassed. No, I had not. I had not talked to her yet about, you know, about my concerns, about all of this. I left with my tail between my legs and I decided I was going to talk to her. So the next day, I got up the next morning and I I put on our calendars a meeting between us, a one-on-one, Charlie, I need to talk to you. We need to understand what's going on. So we sat down and I asked her about her. I tried to clear my mind, give her the benefit of the doubt, be ready to forgive her, be generous in my assessment of her and care, empathize, understand what was going on and just explore. So we sat down, Charlie, what's going on? And she started talking about the project like she usually did. And after a while in our discussion, as I'm just asking her about her We'd explored the work a little bit, but I just kept asking about her. She opened up to me that one of her parents, a few thousand miles away, was in the hospital after an episode with alcoholism. That floored me. I had no idea. I had no idea that one of her parents had this chronic condition and was now in the hospital completely under, and nobody was sure if if this parent was going to survive. How would your day be going if that happened to you? How would you like people to treat you if one of your parents was maybe dying in the hospital, right? I learned to be, well, a lot more empathetic. I learned to care about the people around me. And I asked her what I could do to help. I asked her if there was anybody around who could help her, if she needed time off, if she needed more off her plate, if she needed to concentrate on something else. I asked her what she needed to get through this because I cared about her. And I'll tell you what, over the next few months, she became one of my best friends at the office. She learned that I actually cared about her, not just the work she was doing, but her. I learned to give people the benefit of the doubt. I learned to forgive people when maybe I feel offended and I've created this story between their actions and what I think their motivations are. I've learned to be generous in how I estimate them. And my boss was right. It was a lesson I needed to learn. I needed to learn that when somebody who is a high achiever suddenly starts to slip, suddenly starts to change their attitude, you need to know, you you need to A, have been their friend beforehand, and B, you need to understand what's going on in their life, what's happening and be that person who really cares. She stayed part of my team until she decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And she was the best project manager I've ever, ever, ever worked with. She was built up by the rest of our team. She understood our customers better than I did half the time. She was so creative in the delivery of our products. I mean, we could not have made all the money that we made without her. She was essential. So let me tell you, good leaders, leaders people want to follow, give lots of chances, and they're generous with forgiveness and the benefit of the doubt. Nobody wants to promote someone who is harsh and cynical. Nobody wants to promote a leader who stomps on their team. Nobody wants to promote that person who has a hissy fit at their boss and says, you need to fire her now because she is questioning me and she is undermining me and she doesn't know what she's talking about and she's not even doing her job well. These are all things that I said and it was wrong. I should not have done that. It was stupid too. All right. Thank God I have a, I had a boss who gave me the benefit of the doubt, who gave me a lot of chances, who is generous with his forgiveness. 
you know, and let me learn. He meant it too. He's somebody I would, I would love to work with again. And I became that person. He let me learn and become that person. So remember, everyone has something they're going through that you don't know about. Be the kind of leader who allows people to fall and get up, learn and grow. And when it affects them, because it will, it affects everyone. When crap happens in in your life, when something horrible happens in your life, it's going to affect your work. It is going to affect your concentration. It is going to affect how you deliver and what you do at work. So when that happens to someone on your team, be the person that people want to follow. Be the person who cares. Be the person who's empathetic. Be the leader who forgives. Be the leader who is generous. Be the leader who gives a lot of chances. Be the leader who gives the benefit of the doubt and then follows up and asks them what's going on. Asks them what you can do to help. Asks them what's on their mind, what you can do, how you can lighten their load and listen, you want to be that leader. If you had a leader like that, would you follow them? I sure as hell would. That's what this podcast is about. The Young Leader Society is a group of passionate professionals who are fast-tracking themselves to a management position. We have bi-weekly lunch meetings where members submit their questions about leadership, corporate influence, and, you know, all that messy stuff that comes with office politics. Join us if you want to gain influence and credibility at your company, navigate office politics like a boss, and earn promotions more quickly than your peers. Learn more at saverstreet.com in the career help section. Treat people like a leader people want to follow. All you have to do is look at people and look at them as if you'd look at yourself. When you do a crap job, you probably know what's going on in your life and you say, yeah, I wasn't concentrating or, or yeah, I didn't give that my all because of this thing that's going on over here. It's crap because of a situation in your life. That happens to everyone. And when something goes really well for other people, you, you shouldn't look out and say, hey, that was probably just luck and circumstance. You don't do that to you half the time. When something goes well for you, you look at it and go, that was my hard work. That was my intelligence. That was my perseverance. That was me following through and doing the right thing. That's why it went well. Well, guess what? It's, uh, it's the reason things go well for other people too. So make sure that you are treating people the way you want to be treated. Be big on benefit of the doubt. Be generous with your forgiveness. Give lots of chances and you'll be a leader people want to follow. Now in another podcast episode, we will talk about those people who take all the chances in the world and they just can't do it. Don't worry, we'll get to them. I'm not saying everyone is Charlie, but I am saying that some people are. So in this situation where you have a high performer on your team and they start to slip in one way or another, you have to be generous with your forgiveness, your benefit of the doubt, and give them lots of chances. And then you'll, you will rise up and be that leader that people want to follow because you won't be seen as selfish and thinking about yourself all the time. You will be seen as being for the team. You could, you could come back and say, you know, I've seen cynical people get promoted. I've seen people who are harsh 
and unforgiving get promoted and become leaders in organizations. I've seen chief product officers like this. I've seen chief financial officers like this. I've seen CEOs who are harsh and cynical, who are mean to their employees, who don't give the benefit of the doubt. So I don't think what you're saying is true. I've heard this. I've heard this. But ask yourself, do you want to be one of those people? Do you want to be someone who is so loathed by the employees in your organization that they stay only for maybe a couple of years to pay their dues and then they go find a promotion elsewhere? Do you want that kind of turnover in your company? Do you want to be known for that? Because that'll give you a short life as a leader. That doesn't cut it anymore. Unless you own that company, that, and I'm sorry, but that company is not going to survive. That doesn't cut it anymore. You cannot be that kind of leader. We are not in a command and control 1950s, 1960s culture. We are in a servant leadership culture. Thank God we're in that kind of culture. So yeah, you've seen it. You didn't like them either. You really want to be that kind of person? Don't, don't be, don't be. Let's do better than the generation before us. Let's do better than those people we dislike. You can also say people hire bad managers all the time. Why do I have to be this this kind of person who is generous and, and forgiving, who gives the benefit of the doubt? Why do I have to be that kind of person? Well, I'll tell you what, you don't have to be that kind of person. Yeah, you could be a bad manager people hire. Go for it. How long do you think that's going to last? Weigh the pros and cons. And if you really just don't care about people, then maybe you shouldn't be a manager. If you're aiming to be a manager, then you're going to have people who are, you know, who you take under your wing. You're going to have people who count on you, who look up to you, who are asking you for advice, who are looking to you for direction on not just strategy and what to do for their jobs, but on attitude, on how you care about things. So if you don't care about people, you shouldn't be a manager. Work on that first. Work on caring about people first. I've also heard, uh, shouldn't I focus on managing up instead of down? I've seen that. I've seen people in organizations who manage up so skillfully. And what that means here, let me tell you what that means. Managing up means you manage your reputation. You manage what your betters or, or the people higher than you on a hierarchy uh, see. So they see only a particular side of you. They see only uh, the image you are carefully cultivating for them. So, and, and part of that is necessary to a certain degree. Um, you can't, you can't give them your, your worst view, right? Your worst side. You have to give them something great. But if all of your effort is focusing on managing up, I've seen this, and none of your effort is focused on giving and being generous with forgiveness, on giving the benefit of the doubt, on caring about the people around you, then you're going to be one of those people that, that they look at and say, that's, that's a two-faced manager. They manage up and, you know, why doesn't upper management see what she's doing or what he's doing? You know, why, why don't they see the reality? Do you want to be one of those people too? No, no. You want to be a leader, somebody who people want to follow, not someone who is so good at cultivating a two-faced image 
that people look at them and say, how did they get promoted? That's also a short-lived career in management. We're going for longevity here. We're going for being able to change the system from within, climbing that ladder so that you can make a positive impact on your company, on your culture, and actually change things the way that you can see them changing, that that you, you know they need to change. So yeah, play their game, get up that ladder, but don't play it in such a way that you sacrifice who you are and you sacrifice your ideals, you sacrifice your character. Keep your character, develop your character, make it deeper, make it better, and climb that ladder in a way where you'll be proud of it, not where you're stepping on people. That's the problem in today's society. You're not stepping on people to get up. They're lifting you up every step along the way and hoping to follow you. If you become that kind of leader, I'll tell you what, sky's the limit. Break that glass ceiling. Let's go. That's the kind of person I've I've tried to become. That's the kind of person I've helped other people become. That's the kind of person that I love to be. So let's be that person. Instead of stepping on people to get up and climb your ladder, People are lifting you up and also turning back and giving you a hand. Eventually, you'll be in a place where, and and maybe you are now, where you can turn around and give people a hand up as well. That's what I'm doing here. Keep listening to the podcast. All right, I will talk uh, talk to you in another episode. Tell me how this is working for you. Tell me how this is changing your mind on leadership and management. Tell me what you took away from this what you want to hear more of, what you are going to do differently based on what you're hearing now. I love to get that feedback. So email me, uh, go ahead over to saverstreet.com. And down at the bottom, there's a little contact me, go ahead and contact me, tell me what you loved about this episode, what you didn't like, what you agree with, what you disagree with, just anything, any feedback, I'd love it. All right, I'll talk to you soon, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to Management Material. If you like what you're listening to, please rate us on iTunes. I track those ratings like I tracked my GPA in college. And let me know what else you want to hear about. I'm an open book. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.